Yeah. I'm just going to start it from the top. All right. Welcome back to WKNC 88.1 FM, Issue 1 Raleigh. I'm Andrew Steele, live during World College Radio Day. And today I'm with Melbourne indie rocker Lalek. It's a pleasure to be with you tonight. How about you introduce yourself? Hey, yeah. Uh, My name is Miladin. I've been making art and music in Melbourne for the last maybe like 10 years. And I'm originally from Serbia. And my pronouns are they, them. Awesome. When did you immigrate? Were you, were you uh, born in Serbia? Yeah, I was born in Serbia and came here in 1998. Okay. Yeah. So how old are you? So you mostly grew up in Australia? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Can you explain kind of Lolly for listeners who haven't heard the project yet? Sure. Um, it's a pretty, I guess, uh, chaotic project in the sense like I think it it's it's just been kind of like my my whims over the last I don't know when the, it, it's been something I've been doing since I was like a, you know like I think the first Lalich recordings I made was when I was like 12 13 and then I just uh so it's kind of like every album is quite different and they all feel pretty personal you know like I I think I um it's hard to describe them all as one because I think they're all so different and I, I get bored very quickly with like you know something I just kind of move on I guess mm-hmm. yeah it's definitely changed a lot as like the project has gone on with time and because of that like do you do you still like using I guess the term lolic just or the I mean the project name lolic just in the sense that um like you've changed so much in that time hmm um, I guess like one of the things I really like about it is that it kind of, I guess, I don't know, I guess like that's kind of like what life is, right? Like life changes uh-huh. yeah. all the time, you know? And, and I feel like I, I, there has been times where I've made really dramatic turns in like my sound or my ideology or whatever. And I've been tempted to like kind of take up another name, but I think I really like the consistency of the inconsistency. You know what I mean? Like I like. Yeah. Like it is, it's representative of you. And like no, like yeah. nobody's static. Like it's it's showing your journey. Yeah, totally. And and I think that even in that sense, it kind of like it makes it like less about me and for me anyway, because it feels like I'm like at the whims of you know like greater things or something. Not like greater, but I mean like as in like I feel like I just like follow those whims to change rather than kind of like crafting something more concise. You know. Yeah, I mean, I'd say it's more like, it's more of you as a musical output than it is like a a band, like a concrete yeah. thing. Yeah. Like how, yeah. yeah, it's more, yeah, it's more individualistic than it is like, oh, I expect this band to sound like this with each consecutive yeah. record or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you obviously, I mean, you're not that old. You're a, you're a product of the internet, I would assume. I'm sorry. A product of the internet, like age-wise, like growing oh, up. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's like, did you grow up more like making and posting music online, or like were you more of like a cutting your teeth on the like on like playing live shows? Or how was your kind of like yeah. growing up with it? Since you that's such a that's so such a great question. Um I so I the first very first thing was making music like on my computer. You know, I did that for 
so many years before I even got close to anything like a live show, you know? Um, and I think that like bringing up the internet is really important because it's like, I was doing that in that like 2006 to 2009 is like when I first started making music. And that was like a real, like SoundCloud was just kind of just popping off for the first time. And there was a lot of like a bedroom indie music, you know, like a yeah, Panda Bear. I, think and, I like, found your MySpace when I was researching. Oh, true. <laughs> that's crazy <laughs> yeah there's heaps of those weird like profiles that I don't know how to log into anymore out there kind of thing um but it was definitely like a big spirit like I feel like I turned I was like 13 14 15 like around the same time that there was this kind of like greater energy of just like just make random your room you know what I mean mm -hmm. yeah yeah what kind um, of like what has invoked a lot of your stylistic changes is it just kind of like you're changing your influences, like what you're listening to or like almost because mm. like it felt like I do not deserve this catharsis was like a very personal like output of stuff. So like yeah. what kind of changes how much of how much of kind of all of that goes into a record for you? Yeah, um, well, I think part of that is that I'm kind of always working on between three and five different records, you know? And like some of them like never actually get released. And, and because of that, it kind of like, I'll usually like gravitate to the path of least resistance. You know what I mean? Yeah, whatever like is like, coming more naturally to you. Yeah, totally. And and I think that also like that, that kind of like ebb and flow kind of pattern that the albums seem to have, it's also kind of like, like if I do an album and I feel like I've really like, achieved something that I wanted to achieve with that album I kind of like the last thing I want to do next is something really similar you know what I mean yeah so it just kind of like naturally ends up happening like that but um but then also it's like you know depends on what's going on in my life and like I said like it's just very responsive to my environment you know yeah uh with COVID and everything I know it's been a little it's been a little different on the Aussie side as far as sort of lockdowns and yeah everything but um was there anything that you or I guess it's I guess it's a little different because you are like making sense of your bedroom a lot sort of sort of like or that's how yeah. it started but were there any projects that you meant to record or like you had ready that kind of kind of like axed because of COVID or like did you were there any of those kind of projects that I've, like going into it you were like yeah, like this is this is awesome, but then coming out of it, you were like, oh, this doesn't really represent me or where I'm at anymore. Yeah, um, absolutely. I, I had a, um, I took almost a year where I didn't touch any music, you know, like I, um, and it's the longest I've ever done, but you know, like before that, I don't think I'd even gone a week without working on something. Um, but like when the, when the, when COVID first started, when the lockdowns and the pandemic first started happening, it kind of really coincided with like what I was working at the time in the sense that I don't know, I just kind of, it just kind of happened at this crossroads where it was like, all oh, this stuff was going on in the world and I had th things I wanted to say about it. And then I had this album that I was trying to write at that exact moment. You know what I mean? That like kind of musically a thing. And that was like post-mortal Gothic. And then I, I finished that and I just, you know, I think there was a moment where I was like, all right, next album, next album, like I'm going to release four albums this year, you know, kind of thing. And then 
I just, I think the whole lockdown and the change and everything was like, like, I feel like I haven't stopped in 10 years, over 10 years, you know, like that, that I've been going nonstop. And there was just this moment where I just, ah, I just remembered, you know what happened? All right, sorry, this is kind of a long-winded story. You can cut me off if I'm talking too much. No, 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 but, no. Like, we, have, but, we have like yeah. another hour. You're fine. <laughs> well, okay, so I, I was working on this album that was going to be a follow-up to um, Postmodel Gothic, and I was really happy with it. And then I lost this album, right? It was like pretty much finished. I lost it on this hard drive. And, and there was this kind of like this moment where I was just like, this is my out. This is like my, ch- like the, the, like I'm, you know, Keanu Reeves on the, on the bus and it's like just enough, slowed down enough for me to hop on out. You know what I mean? Kind of thing. And when I did that, it was just like such a relief, you know, like just to relax and kind of not have that. I don't know. I, I, I went through a lot within myself kind of thing. And then when I found the album, like it turns out I hadn't even deleted it three months later, it was kind of like, I'm, I'm, I'm out now. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like I'm not getting pulled back in. I kind of just like took a break. So yeah. So that that's kind of my COVID music experience, I guess. But it's also a very personal experience, I kept running, yeah. Yeah. Um so with a with a bedroom project and and kind of the way the way you record your stuff, how did you assemble a live version of Lala for Touring? Yeah, so we had a live band pretty between 2014 and then our last show was 2017 or 2018, I think. Um, and that was, I guess it was like being surrounded by friends that were really like hyping me up and like, like the Andy, Liam and Lucas who played in the live band that we assembled, you know, they were all people that kind of approached me and were really supportive of my music. And, and then I think part of that is like, I started writing music like for that kind of, you know, like for that kind of music. Yeah. I think I got like really, you, you were doing it for like a, like a, like a four piece. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I think I just like kind of gotten burnt out and like I was making a lot of like experimental electronica and, you know, like abstract music and stuff like that. And then it was just like when I, when the band got together, it was just like such a relief to like write. It was like the first time I could write songs like what I thought that I would be making as a musician when I was like 12 and I wanted to be in a band. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And then And then you kind of go down all these roads and then you get to a point in your life where you're like, oh, I can like try and tie down that like, you know what I mean? That vision yeah. that I once maybe had. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, did you, did you, did you ever record? Cause you, you said you were writing differently. Did the, like kind of the, the four piece of version of Lala, did you record stuff with them? Yeah. Yeah. We made, um, I guess they, they were sparsely on the first album, Broken Foot Rabbit Hole in bits like that was like as we were forming the band and I was already recording that at home and then I get some of them in to play certain songs and stuff and um and then the whole second out the third album I guess Portal that was all recorded and written with the band and um Stu McKenzie recorded that at my house and then I you know like awesome that was the thing it was like meant to be like a like we're going to record this live and it's going to sound really awesome and then we recorded it live and then I took like two, three years in my bedroom, like and adding adding stuff to it, you know, and like yeah, um, convoluting it and turning it back into a bedroom release after all that time. So, yeah, yeah. Speaking of Stu, like tangentially, how was um, touring the states with the Murlocs? Oh, it was. I mean, it was amazing. I feel like uh, 
I feel <laughs> it was amazing. I, I, it was one of the best things I've ever done. I, I feel like at the time, some things were, I, I feel like I took some of it for granted, you know, like I, like I thinking back now, like some of the times I'd be like, oh, I'm so tired and like, oh, I'm so hungry. And like, like I don't know, just like that. And I'm like, oh, like I'd kill to be back, you know, like out there again. Like it was so much fun. Um, but it was also like, yeah, during a really chaotic time in my life, like, I don't know, I feel just like so much chaos has gone on in the last like seven years and yeah does does ambrose consume as much shrimp as like he said to shrimp shrimp like prawn i mean that's i haven't heard that i haven't i've never heard that before i don't know it's just something i've heard about online (laughs) that's so funny (laughs) uh yeah you said before that you want music to be more accessible. Um, like how is, obviously like you were able to make stuff um, in your bedroom and like output it to like SoundCloud and MySpace and Bandcamp and stuff. Um, how do you, how, how has it changed? How has the change in that impacted you? Kind of the democratization of releasing music and how do you think it can improve? Yeah. Um... I think about that a lot like I think that we're in kind of like a weird spot but that also like this transition that's maybe been happening for the last 10 years is kind of like starting to coalesce into something solid you know like I I mean I think that what we went through was like digital media in general's like technological challenges right with becoming like so readily available that like the industry had to change a lot obviously you know what I mean and it's kind of like I think that they were the, the entire industry was kind of forced into this position, I guess, economically of like having to draw like a drop of juice from a stone. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And for that yeah. reason, it's like I think that while things have gotten like kind of more democratic, it's also more authoritarian than ever, I guess, in how the music industry is run. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like, like how yeah, like how Spotify picks like in their playlist, like yeah who who makes it essentially exactly exactly yeah and the way that spotify picks who makes it is by you know the the companies that they work with to 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 give them brands and the way that those companies get bands is that the bands have to pay these companies you know what i mean and so it's like this setup thing where essentially now like no one can afford to really take a risk you know what i mean so it's kind of like it, it feels a lot like a mafia to me really you know like yeah. And again, it's like I'm critical of it, but I also understand, like, as from a business point of view, like, there's just, you know what I mean? Like, they, I guess they kind of had to do that, but I think it's, I think it has cut out a lot of potential for, for that middle layer. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I think yeah. it's made it really stark, like, you're making it or you're not making it. I don't think that was quite as contrasted once as it is now, you know? Yeah, I feel like that's definitely, that's definitely where a lot of, especially like with, physical like media sales declining or I guess they're kind of technically on an upswing again since like yeah the the it's like a totally different monetization yeah like you you know like that's a shift yeah you can like seem big but like streams aren't doing that much financially for bands yeah Yeah. which Um, is like you know yeah yeah um you you said in the past that the Melbourne scene has become better about representation 
um, tokenism and sort of transphobia in general. And you mentioned in 20, you mentioned that in 2016, those were kind of some of the largest yeah. obstacles facing queer artists in the scene then. How is it kind of, how is it, how has it changed in the past five years? Yeah, um, I think that, I think we've gone through a lot of cycles, you know, and I think that um, it's going to be really interesting, like how things play out after the pandemic and everything. But I think that in general, like, on one hand, like, I think that a lot of these things that were kind of like more political issues back then are way more normalized now, you know what I mean? Like, like I, I don't really, I don't like find myself like fighting for pronouns and you know what I mean? Like, I'm sure it yeah. happens, but it's yeah. not like as, as a buzzy thing, but at the same time. Yeah, it's I like think, a single, it's like a single correction instead of like a through the night kind of deal. Yeah, or like somewhat, you know, like who's against and who's on what team. And I don't know, it was, you know, it was really messy and stuff. But also I feel like, like my problem with it at the moment is that it's kind of like, I feel like what was happening in 2016 and since then, it's been kind of like, it was like this confusion of like, okay, there's all these like new stuff that people are getting used to and whatever. And then it was kind of like everyone like quickly tried to fill out as quickly as possible. Like, okay, what's, what's, how, what's the ideology that we're all going to agree to together? You know what I mean? And yeah. then kind of like try and lock that down so that we can have a, like a transferable record of what is right and wrong or whatever. But the problem with that is that it's kind of like these things need to keep evolving. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I feel like I'm seeing a lot of stale kind of like political rhetoric or like coming from institutions that are participating in the rhetoric but not instigating any of the change or like, you know, or, or just like the conversations have kind of grinded a bit to a halt and it kind of makes me feel like people just wanted uh, an, 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 a wanted peace more than they wanted truth, I guess. No, that's a, that's a really good way to put it. He kind of, as like someone that's been in the scene for a long time, do you see that being a more, do you see the scene becoming more accepting as sort of like new kids are coming into it? Oh, I, I, totally, absolutely, you know? And like, there's just like, you just see like, like, yeah, like I, I felt, I, I'm critical, but it's like, you see so much stuff that, you know, like five years ago, if you told me that that was just commonplace, would it, you know what I mean? It's just, it's amazing to see in total, like, you know, and, and uh, yeah, I'm already feeling like politically challenged by younger people, you know, and I'm only 28. So like, that's a really good, you know, sign as well. No, yeah, there's a good slaughter, slaughter beach dog lion that's like, I feel old admitting counterculture makes me tired. <laughs> and it's just like kind of being like, oh, wait, like these kids are, yeah, they're hitting it harder yeah. than I was. <laughs> yeah, totally. So kind of moving off of the, the slightly heavier topics, um, mm -hmm. what's kind of the, the current vision for, for Lalik? And, and do you have anything in the pipeline currently? Like, do you ever maybe plan on releasing that album that you found that we got deleted or what yeah, is it like um, moving forward? I actually uh, just finished a new album about three weeks ago. Oh, awesome. So it's kind of really cool timing. And um, actually, I've got, I was just listening over it before. I'll show you. Oh, there it is in my iTunes. <laughs> world, world preview first peak. World preview. Um, Twilight Princess. But um, I, 
Yeah, so I have this album called Twilight Princess that I've been working on and off for years and it's been a really hard project to work on because it was like really personal and I kind of like felt, it feels very ultimate. Like I feel like very, like, um, like this is probably the best thing I've ever done, which is, you know, what I really kind of want to feel every time I release something, but I just feel really strong about this and I'm really, it's been a long time coming and I'm really, and, and it kind of came as a surprise, I think, because like I'd spent so long that I kind of checked out and then, you know, like the, a few weeks ago, I moved house and I set up a studio in the back and then I just like started cooking and I was just like in there every day, like old days. And it was just amazing, you know? So um, I'm going to say, and this is also the first time that I finished an album before I've announced its release date. <laughs> like <laughs> every other time I've been like, you know, October 24th or whatever. And then October 23, I'm like mastering, you know what I mean? Like I'm uploading <laughs> new versions kind of thing. Whereas this time it's like, I haven't even told anyone and I've got the whole thing finished. So That'll be kind of cool, but I um, uh, I might finish that other album. We'll see how we go. I um, I really want to get into TV, to be honest. I want to make TV. That's what I've been thinking about. Like, this is a random point to put across. I know that's a bit of a side thing, but it's like... No, it's okay. I want to hear about where you want to go creatively. Yeah. Yeah, well, I just feel like that's a real um, avenue... Cause I guess I think part of it was being in lockdown and watching so much TV, you know, and kind of like starting to relate to that as a medium. And then, so last year when I took my break from music, me and some friends kind of worked on a show for a little while, just like an animation, just like for fun and like kind of like a sitcom vibe. But um, I just like really want to like, I feel like in music there's so much like, like I'm saying something, right. But it's like, because of like poetry and subjectivity, it's like only like say a quarter of that gets across. And then a quarter of that, it's like, the rest of it I'm leaving up to the other person, right? To kind of yeah. interpret these, these messages in relation to whatever they're going through or whatever. But like, I feel like I'd love to move into something a bit more specific where I kind of have, to, we, we have to like actually say stuff. You know what I mean? Like, like t- TV, I guess, like, I don't know. It's like kind of like- No, yeah, like it can definitely be a lot more heavy handed. Yeah, totally. And you have to commit more. I think that's what I, like, I, I was like writing scripts all last year and it was like, the closest I've ever come to having a good therapist, you know, like having to actually like tie down what you're saying and why you're saying it, you know? And it's like, I would write an episode and then be like, oh my God, like I'm the joke. Like, I can't believe I even, you know what I mean? Kind of thing. Yeah, like, yeah. and then scrap it all and learn something about my, like, so that's kind of what I want to go into. But um, also as lockdown opens, I want to, you know, there's a bunch of artists in Melbourne that I want to help and support and, um, you know, like great artists that should be out there and friends of mine that I really believe in that I'm going to work on some of their projects with them. And, you know, yeah. Yeah. Who are you, who are you kind of looking at right now in the Melbourne scene? Like who are some of those artists? Um, well, look, if I gave you a list, it would just be of all my friends, you know, like that's, <laughs> it's like, there's, there's a lot out there, you know, like, and everyone's, everyone's really good. Like, I got to say that, like a lot, you know, I think that, what gets beamed out of Melbourne is a, is a tiny fraction, you know what I mean? And kind of like the, 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 ba- the barriers to getting out of Melbourne are very, they comb out a lot of really good stuff, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so there's kind of a lot of, there's a lot of really good short-lived projects, you know what I mean? Like, and people move on a lot. People do a band for a year and a half or something, but to drop some names, like my best friend, Slippy Mane, is my favorite rapper in the city and he's amazing um there's hyena who does amazing pop stuff there's um 
bank records a friend of mine's putting out really cool stuff it's hard to say like everyone everyone's kind of like in in pause and this is band champagne and quiche oh sorry i'm just raving about all my friends but like there's there's there's, there's heaps of stuff out there but also i, I i'm not as in i don't there's there's be people that know much more about the scene these days than i do you know yeah yeah i feel old you know no like, I, get I, I feel i feel like good like i don't feel i feel like i've done a bunch of stuff i like and now i i i, I like that i don't have that hectic fever anymore you know what i mean yeah like I and just kind of like relax yeah that kind of leads into another question i had sort of you talking about how how twilight prince is sort of a, an ultimate project like at this point do you feel like i guess not 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 like a like a like a master of your of your craft but do you feel like confident in what you're doing like do you feel like do you do you feel like there's a lot left to learn or where do you think you're at like on your journey as an artist yeah music at least i think like convincing myself that there wasn't much left to learn was like integral to like harnessing a kind of confidence that i definitely think helped me make some of the stuff i'm i think like like postmodal gothic for me, like felt like I wasn't learning anything. Like I was just executing. And that's why I kind of felt like my strongest album when I made it, you know? Mm-hmm. And cause it's like, I came into that project. I did it all in three months and it just felt like I know exactly what I'm doing. Whereas in every other album was like, I'm going to learn something. I'm going to take something along the way. But at the same time, it's kind of like getting in my head that I was done is probably what led to that massive drop-off. You know what I mean? And that yeah. like kind of like existential kind of uh, crisis about it. And I think that like part of that is that when you like feel like you've gotten to the top of a certain mountain right and it's like it's 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 scary and confronting to to realize that the only possible next step is to realize that you're actually at the bottom of a new mountain you know what i mean yeah and that's kind of like i think what i'm gonna go through at some point like but i think that's the thing it's like there's this reluctance in me right that's like oh yeah like i don't want to I don't know. I don't want to go through all of that again. Like, but I know that the truth is that I've definitely got much further to go, you know? Yeah. So we'll see. Um, kind of going off of that, um, how do you like, especially with so much time since Postmodel Gothic come out and you um you finishing up another album, how do you feel like that affects your art? Um, you kind of feeling confident and like like I feel like I'm not learning anything compared to when you're kind of scrapping along as you're putting together a project. Yeah. How's like, what's the the difference in vibe, I guess? Yeah. Yeah. I think that like the, the scrapping together vibe feels a lot more like, um, like kind of like I'm in dialogue with something, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like I feel a lot kind of almost less responsible for those albums because they kind of, I feel like I barely did it. I feel like it was just like what the dice rolled. You know what I mean? In a certain yeah, way. Yeah, like you of, can look like, back on it and be like, oh, I didn't know how to do that. So yeah, I was, I felt like I was just like driving this big kind of pushing this blob around, you know what I mean? Kind of yeah. thing. And I think that like, I think that that gives it a really special quality, you know? And I think it was like pretty early. Like I had a good friend, um, Cosi, who, who was like, I was, when we met, I was like working on this album and I was like, I'm going to get it done. And I remember she was, they were just like, 
just put out what you're doing, you know, show people where you're at. Like, don't, don't wait until you're perfect and then show people, you know, like show like, and then that really like instilled this like ideology of like showing broken work, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And kind of shying away from really polished things because it kind of like felt like a, Oh, look at me. Like, look how perfect I can do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Kind of thing. As opposed to like, instead of like making like a, a perfect work, you know, it's like recognizing that like the world's messed up and like people are messed up. I messed up. And then the work is also going to be messed up rather than being pristine, you know? Awesome. Cool. Thanks. Um, yeah. And kind of going off that, I just kind of, I'm keep thinking, imagine everything you like, everything you say, it's, 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 I can keep, I keep having more questions. Um, like yeah. you said that, that one of the songs off of Bed Tapes 2 was a demo when you were 14. Um, are there, is there other stuff that you would consider like upheaving again that you think would have a place on more projects or? Or how does how do you feel about going back again into the sort of archives? Yeah, um, I, I, I dive into those those vaults like I'm, you know, I don't know who's a famous diver. Some like you know, I dive a lot into those vaults. Like I'm I'm always in and out of that stuff and kind of like reflecting on those kinds of like I guess. like almost like they're like resources you know like there's like stuff that and like half-formed ideas that then like later down the track there's a lot of tracks that I have on my laptop that like I'll have certain different music friends come around and then I'll play them all stuff I'm like oh this is junk this is junk this is junk and they're like oh no I want that and like that's really cool you know kind of thing um but I thought I thought about doing a bed tapes three but it's um in February so when I was 13 first ever cd I ever made was called um tapes and bright sides and uh, and it was like real like music concrete, weird abstract, all on audacity with like lots of reverse like sounds and you know, but it's it's in February it's gonna be 15 years. So I was thinking of maybe like releasing something like that. Okay. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But um but I think it it it, it all like inf- it's all there and it all informs like I said, it's all part of that like soup and it's like depending it's all what part of the chronology of yeah. who you are as a musician yeah yeah do you ever go back and like do you would you ever like re-record any of those or do you just kind of take bits and pieces that you thought were like good and then kind of incorporate them into songs yeah um I think that like I think a to a certain extent like a lot of it's tapped out mined out you know like used mm-hmm. over the last couple of years but a lot of the time it would be like maybe something just has like a really simple, beautiful melody in it, you know, and I'll take that or I will use it for like the sonic scape of a certain song, you know, like sometimes yeah. I'm building a song and I need to fill something out and I'll just like drag something into the sampler, you know what I mean? Like some old weird thing and then kind of muffle yeah. it out and put it up in one ear, like that kind of stuff. Um, but then a lot of it is like really sacred to me, you know, like there's a, there's a lot of recordings that I made when I was like 14, 15, 16, that it's like, I can't, nothing brings me back to that time like those songs. And they bring me right back, you know? Like, I remember, like, the day I remember, like, what, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. so it's got that kind of, like, special thing to it that that's just for me. Yeah. Um, sort of with, like, as you're, as you're learning when you're recording, will you go back and, like, 
re-record, I guess, songs that you just recorded like earlier in the in the recording process, kind of with what you learned throughout the record, or will you kind of lead them as they were? No, I definitely lead them as they were. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I think um, I think that is like yeah, a lot of power in that way. I think yeah. Um, will you? Do you think you're going to start playing shows soon, or? Yeah, I mean, we'll see how things go with the lockdowns here and stuff. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think know it's really few... it's really like inconsistent, and it's really like yeah. snap, it'll happen. Yeah, yeah. So it's really hard to like plan anything or get your hopes up or anything like that. But um, it also kind of suits because like, I feel like a few years ago, I made this decision like that I wasn't going to campaign with gigs anymore. You know what I mean? Like I was going to like do shows, you know? So like once every three, every six months, maybe do like one show and be like, come see this because, you know, you're not going to see it again and it's going to be really good, you know? Yeah. And I think that 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 felt so much better. You know, like I I think last few albums, I've pretty much done like two shows per album, you know? Okay. Yeah. So I like to make a bit more of a, a, a thing, but um, I, I'd, I'd love to tour around, you know, I really want to come back to America and I really want to, you know, go tour in Europe and stuff like that. So I think that, that should, that could be in my future. We'll see. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Um, just, uh, just a few, a few short questions. Um, what's your favorite Crayola crayon color? Magenta. Okay. Um, do you follow footy at all? Uh, I watched my very first footy match last week, actually. Oh, you just watched the grand final? Yeah, yeah, because my um, partner's entire family go for the for one of the teams, yeah. Uh, dogs or demons? Uh, demons. Oh. Shame. <laughs> um, um, what are some things that we even touched on that you may want the, the listeners and the viewers at home to know? Uh, I, I, I mean, first of all, I think that was great. Like, it was. I really liked how you, um, you're always ready with an, another question to keep things going. It's like a really good flow. Thank you. Um, look, just that. You know, look. I don't know. I just, I just. We're all in this together. You know, that's what I want to say, and that we're all kind of like leveling up. You know, we have to, and it's kind of a, I, I just, I'm, I'm proud of everyone. That's how I feel, you know, and I, I'm, and I hope everyone can stay strong. Awesome. Where can they, where can they find you on social media? Uh, Um, I've also got a Facebook and Instagram that I never, ever use. I pop on there to like, I'll post like once, like, Hey, this album came out today. And then I'll go disappear for a year and a half. Um, but there's also some paintings I should be posting on there. I um I was gonna ask you about the paintings because those are on those are on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. Painting's very a sporadic thing for me. Like it just kind of like hits me like a freight train and I'll paint for like two months and then I'll give it up for two years and then come back to it. So it's hard to, you know, predict when that happens. Oh. And then um do you how do you Sorry, this just came back to me. I was definitely trying to wrap up the interview. It just came back to me. But um, I, I really enjoyed Danube and or the Danube. Um, oh, yeah. Track. Yeah, and so 
how is like kind of seeing the insert it's in serving right yeah the, the, the first part of it um how yeah. does that kind of differ for you and like do you find that almost channels like a different part of you than singing in English um well I think that even just like very like practically it's like I listen to a lot of Serbian music I think more I listen to more Serbian music than non-Serbian music you know like in a lot of like 80s and 70s like disco and pop and stuff like that and so I, particularly with that song it was like singing in Serbian it was like I could draw on all those influences you know like the way that they use the phonetics and stuff like that it was like yeah. it's all very like choppy and kind of like um cool like that and I, I definitely want to write more in Serbian um I want to go back there and uh but yeah I do I listen to so much Serbian music like there's so much good Yugoslavian music in general um so yeah, it's cool to it, sing in it yeah I thought it was really yeah. interesting how you've worked with like um with like other Balkan labels and stuff yeah because you put yeah, a I, I, you put a cassette out with a Slovakian label right yeah yeah um and I, you know, was really glad to that I've been on some of the compilation before. Because in 2019, just before COVID hit, I was in I was in Serbia for four months, and I was planning to go back. And I really liked kind of like trying to be part of something over there as well, you know. Yeah. But I have so many amazing fans in Europe, like so many people from different countries that like hit me up when a new album comes out, or ask for lyrics, or email me telling me like how much certain things mean to them. Like it's amazing, you know. Like, so I have like heaps of little towns that I want to visit and play in just for that like one person, you know, like yeah. <laughs> say thank you. No, yeah, that's so cool. Finding your finding yourself was definitely it was super interesting. I I like I like so much of it. But thank you so much for being with me, Mladen. Um you're thank you. to WKNC 80.1 FM H2N Raleigh. I'm Her Majesty. Band is Lalik. Thank you so much.